Welcome, and thank you for joining this podcast brought to you by the American Heart Association. The Association's Digital Digest series features a range of podcasts and videos focused on the latest resuscitation science topics. My name is Peter Fromm, immediate past chair of Systems of Care for the American Heart Association and administrator for the cardiovascular service line at Mount Sinai of Long Island. With me is Dr. Michael Christopher Kurz, Chair of Systems of Care for the American Heart Association, resuscitation scientist, attending physician, and associate professor of emergency medicine at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Peter. How are you? So we're here to talk about tCPR. Can you tell me what, I'm familiar with CPR, can you tell me what tCPR is? So telecommunicator CPR is really what tCPR is, and it's had a bunch of different names. Uh, We've called it uh, dispatch CPR, we've called it dispatch-assisted CPR, but all of those names refer to the same process, and that's when uh, a layperson witnesses a cardiac arrest and they call 911, like, like we know to do, but then they receive just-in-time CPR instructions over the phone from the telecommunicator. Is this a new concept? Telecommunicator CPR is not a new concept. Unfortunately, though, only a minority of municipalities have the benefit of receiving it. Don't we already do tCPR? A number of municipalities will say they do telecommunicator CPR, and they say they provide the service all the time. And frankly, when you interview the public, they assume that if they call 911, they're going to get the instructions that they need. When you actually go to PSAPs, or public safety answering points, that's what we call dispatch centers, and you observe what occurs, what we find is it is truly a very, very small minority that on a routine basis provides telecommunicator CPR. And then furthermore, the ones that provide it go back and do quality assurance to make sure that they're providing it correctly. So is this a new certification or program that I have to learn? So there's no certification and there's no program or or product to buy. Uh, This is a program uh, which is largely uh, encompasses uh, a set of instructions that could be incorporated into any municipality's PSAP. Uh, There's a number of ways to do that. Some municipalities may choose to go and purchase a third-party vendor product but uh, that are already on the market, but they don't have to. And so for other municipalities where they would choose not to do that, this is essentially a plug-and-play program that can be incorporated into the good work they do with 911 today. So it sounds like this is, although the telecommunicators are professionals, they have no medical training and they're instructing a lay rescuer in how to perform CPR. It sounds like practicing medicine without a license, is it? It, It's not. If we think of telecommunicator CPR as just-in-time education for the caller, Right? then it is no different than our network of instructors from the Heart Association that provides education to healthcare providers and the lay public all the time. The only difference between the two concepts is in the traditional model, we would train someone in, in CPR and then they may go to use it at some point in the future. In this model, in a telecommunicator CPR model, the person recognizes there's an emergency and with the help 
of the telecommunicator recognizes it's a cardiac arrest, and then the interval is very, very short where the telecommunicator provides that just-in-time education. There's no practicing medicine here. It is just like any other bystander providing CPR. There's so many different communities within the United States, so many different EMS systems, so many different public service answering points, so many ways that emergency services operate. Isn't this going to be very difficult to implement? That's the beauty of the mission of the Heart Association and telecommunicator CPR. It's relatively simple to implement a program like this. Uh, It requires, in relation to the usual educational requirements for professionals, a very small amount of initial and continuing education. And then it can be adjusted for however large your PSAP, your dispatch center is, right? So we have some municipalities that handle literally thousands of calls a day. I'm from a very tiny town in Virginia where it's literally the sheriff's secretary who answers 911. The beauty of this program is it is adaptable to any one of those scenarios. The American Heart Association uh, is involved in fighting cardiovascular disease and stroke. How does TCPR align with the mission of the American Heart Association? The American Heart Association has a a lot of mission-aligned products and a lot of mission-aligned priorities. One of those priorities is to improve survival from cardiac arrest as part of the larger cardiovascular disease. Telecommunicator CPR is the highest yield, most important way that we can improve survival from cardiac arrest. We've trained hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in in CPR. What do you see the impact of tCPR? We know that um, there are disparities in out-of-hospital cardiac arrest survival. Mm -hmm. There are disparities among gender lines, right? Women are less likely to survive. We know that there are racial disparities. Racial composition of neighborhoods. Exactly right. And that there are geographic disparities Mm -hmm. layered on top of that. Um, Truly, in the current landscape, it matters who you are and where you arrest, where you live, as to, and that in large part defines your likelihood of survival. The beauty of telecommunicator CPR is that it truly levels the playing field. It doesn't matter when you pick up the phone and call 911 where you are. Uh, It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. If there is a victim of cardiac arrest, the telecommunicator and partnering with that 911 caller in a period of 30 seconds can provide the just-in-time education and then provide the lay rescuer CPR. It is that partnership that if we can implement it in municipalities, we know from the literature doubles or even will triple survival from cardiac arrest. Where can someone go for more information? Are there any publications that we can reference? American Heart Association has put out a a scientific statement on dispatch-assisted CPR. Again, a little change in the nomenclature, but essentially the same concept. There's a website uh, at heart.org. If you just type into Google telephone CPR or telecommunicator CPR, there's an entire website that provides the metrics and the toolkit and everything a municipality would need in order to understand that concept and implement a, a quality 
Telecommunicator CPR program. And then we're very proud that this summer, as part of an advocacy push from the American Heart Association, there'll be an advocacy statement regarding telecommunicator CPR that really goes into the nuts and bolts of why this is so important and the numbers on the impact this can have. Dr. Kurtz, I, I just want to thank you for all your, your, your work in this area. It's been extraordinary. So thank you. Any final thoughts? It's just my hope that through the AHA's mission and through telecommunicator CPR, that no one in North America has a cardiac arrest and doesn't get these 911 instructions. This is the single largest, most important thing we can do to improve survival from cardiac arrest. Thank you. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. For transcripts of this podcast and more information about resuscitation science, please visit cpr.heart.org or engage with us via social media using hashtag ECC Digital Digest.